for shazzle my drazzle. <laughs> I got I got bejazzled by my drazzle for shazzle. You don't want to sit on your crazzle. And Never. Maybe you might damage your glazzle. <laughs> <laughs> the letter S. Hey, so yeah, welcome to the Fictionary. Thanks for checking us out. We're on the uh, iTunes, the Audio Boom, the Stitcher, wherever you found us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, please. Give us Thank a little you. rating if you like it at some point. Uh, Takes two seconds. Yeah. No, well, 28 to 27 seconds. Just round it up to 30. Yeah, round it up to Whenever you're 30. tipped over to the edge and you think, oh, I like this. Yeah. Give us a review, give us a like, give us a follow, and we'll uh, come and stalk you back. So, you, Paul Gannon, are a seti yeti. Right. A sofa dweller, one who likes to loaf, uh, particularly on furry settees. How dare you, sir? I am an active <laughs> paragon of... Action. I really, I'm trying to get Seti Yeti going. Is this one of your words then? Well, I've seen it on the internet, but it's not a, an actual oh, thing. Oh, it's not yet. a. We're trying to, you know, okay. this is the uh, avalanche. Okay. The word Seti Yeti. And I think partly because some people pronounce it Seti. Seti. Yeah, what animal's going to go with that, though? Yeah, a Seti Yeti. Don't work. No, Seti. Most people in the world actually just call it a sofa. Yeah. So you, this is the equivalent of a sofa loafer. Sofa loafer, yeah, or um, couch hog. <laughs> so anyone who kind of spends more than three hours in one position on the sofa is a seti yeti. Uh, anyway, I called you sargasmic. Lovely. Lovely. It uh, comes from the word sargasm. Uh, would you like to know what it means? I think it's sarcastic to the point of uh, incurring a spontaneous orgasm in uh, several people around you. Close enough. It means deriving far too much satisfaction from glibly berating another with sarcasm. And the example they've got down here is quite good. Two guys talking to each other. One guy says, Oh, thanks for drinking my last beer. No, it's my fault. If I wanted to drink it for myself, I shouldn't have put it in the fridge. And his mate goes, dude, don't have a sargasm. <laughs> I love it. The way I've, I've always known it, though, I call it just Catholic guilt upbringing. <laughs> that's basically what I've always had. Oh, so you failed your yeah. exam, did you, Paul? Well, that's, that's my fault, mm. isn't it? It sends you a nice school. Passive aggressivism. Yeah. And this is the Sunchoke podcast. You know what a Sunchoke is? Um, it's some kind of thing you do with a tomato to make it riper. It went in the dictionary last year, a Sunchoke is a knobby-eyed artichoke. <laughs> I only right. really wanted to do it so I could say knobby-eyed. That's that, You know what? That's more than legitimate. Like that character. Who was that actor that had those eyes that point in different directions? Oh, uh, Marty Feldman. Yeah, like him. Imagine yeah. him, right? It's a, an artichoke from Jerusalem that grows in spring, right about nice. now. You can roast them, blanch them, pickle them, mash them, or cut them into chips. Uh, but they have been given, if you're thinking, this might be the new superfood, yeah. I warn you that the sunchoke has been given the nickname the fartichoke because it's got high levels of inulin, which is the carbohydrate that uh, causes you to oh. and maybe bloat. Oh, This is a Dictionary, a weekly word-based podcast where we stumble through the dictionary, new words, old words, obsolete words, trendy words, old school words, any words. This week we are doing the letter S. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at Thick Podcast. You can suggest a word there as well and join in with our puzzles. For example, this one, the word workout. Oh, here, yes. Here we go. Anagram, Paul Gannon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two words that you would use to describe a person from a certain place in the world. Is this going to get racist? Not yet. All right. Uh, two words to describe a person from somewhere in the world. The anagram is stun a hooker. Well, to be honest, that just still works. <laughs> uh, stun a hooker. Right. It's an anagram, two words. Yeah. To describe a person from somewhere in the world. You got to the end of the podcast to work it out. Have a go at home. Good luck. Here we go. Time for this week's big four words and a note on the letter S. Forty mm. percent of the English language is phonetic, which means the overwhelming yeah. of ma uh, majority of the words in our language have silent letters. True. Mm. Of course, it's true. 
I know. You think I made it up? No. You think this podcast is anything other than factually correct? It varies from show to show, but no. Five words with hidden uh, S words, silent S words. Isle. Yes. Island. Yeah. Debris. Yeah. Apropos. Oh, nice. And one I think you really like, Bourgeois. Oh, I've got I one for you, though. I love Bourgeois. Go on. Studio by Phil Collins. Su, su, studio. Because the second one isn't, it <laughs> must be silent. <laughs> Too many. What is an abundance of S's? I don't know. Uh, anyway, shout out to the letter S this week. First one coming at you. First big word. Shizzle. Oh, my nizzle, yo. We've all used shizzle. Even old white men who shouldn't. Uh, speaking of which, yeah. uh, you and me. Yeah. Shizzle, noun for sure. Can be used as an adjective, faux shizzle. Of course. Or, that's the shizzle. I'm aware of the parlance. Yeah, a form of slang popularised by US rap musicians. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. uh, while trailing syllables of certain words replaced by the suffix izzle. That, by the way, doing that, yeah. taking sure and, like, fizzle, yeah. is called a phonetic blend. Ooh, sounds like a nice coffee. Yeah. Uh, the most popular, most famous guy for using uh, the word uh, shizzle has to be Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, he is the f- faux shizzle. How do you fancy on the spot using a consonant blend to create a new word in the style of shizzle? Okay. Give me a consonant, please. A consonant. I'm going to give you a D. <clears throat> okay, the only D that you can use to make one of these is an R. Okay. So now I need a vowel. I would take an I. Drizzle. Drozzle. Right. Drizzle my drozzle. Drozzle. Yeah. Drizzle. Drazzle. Yeah. Drazzle. For shazzle, my drazzle. <laughs> I got I got bejazzled by my drazzle for shazzle. You don't want to sit on your crazzle. And Never. Maybe you might damage your glazzle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's proof that rap culture actually uses proper science. Yeah, I do it all the time at home, just yeah. to specifically wind up my fiancé. Your, fizz, your fizzle. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> my fizzle. Soon to be your whizzle. And she's which... called a mizzle. <laughs> and your pizzle. That is not great. Yeah, she likes my pizzle. So there you go. Go check it out. Faux shizzle, shizzle. Right, so um, I have chosen a word um, because I was reading uh, a website that I like called Bad Psychics or Bad Physics. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Bad Psychics. Uh-huh. A guy called uh, John runs the website and every blog post he does he kind of highlights freak psychics and things like that anyway they got on talking to this article about psychics and whether mentalism can be real and then this argument came up about whole proving you can't prove a positive and a negative and things like that and i was like what is all this gumph and i came up with a word that means what they were arguing about and it's okay. called a syllogism syllogism spell please it's spelt s-y-l-l-o-g-i-s-m Syllogism. That felt a bit like nightmare, didn't it? It did. Spellcasting. S Y L L O G I S M. We should now adopt that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's fascinating. It's a noun. It's an instance of a form of reasoning in which the conclusion is drawn from two given or assumed propositions, premises. I'm reading this, this whole section, by the way. I'm reading verbatim from the internet, just okay. so you know, because I was never going to put this in a witty shorthand. So the example they give is something like a conditional syllogism, where the basic premise is: if Johnny is eating too many sweets every day, he's placing himself at risk of diabetes. The minor premise to that is, but Johnny does not eat sweets every day. So the conclusion is, therefore, Johnny is not placing himself at risk of diabetes. Okay. And that's a syllogism? It's a bit of syllogism. Syllogism. (laughs) (laughs) I just accidentally slipped that in because that was the other joke I was somehow trying to work. Um... There's another one as well. There's like disjunctive syllogisms. It's the kind of thing you might see Sherlock Holmes do, right? Yeah. It's the whole example of um, the the mystery of the silent the silent dog at midnight. You know, whatever that plays based on. 
what's the book curious called? dog of curious the, incident of the, the dog, dog at night time thank you that's yeah. the accurate term because in sherlock holmes the story is is that that's the clue that gives the murderer away because yeah. every night i think the idea was it's something to do with horses and a horse has been stolen and every night the uh, dog would bark if a stranger came by yeah. however when the horse was stolen the dog did not bark therefore what was different about the night was something that usually happened did not happen and that's why they knew whoever stole that horse was known by the dog okay so Disjunctive synergism is something like either the meeting is at school or at home. The minor premise is the meeting, therefore, is not at home. So we conclude the meeting is at the school. No, you lost me on that one. Yeah. Right. In a nutshell, <clears throat> there is no God. I hope my next one's more fun. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I got a little bit high, bro. A little bit interesting. Well, something that tickled me. And it all oh, no. So Go I, on, do your next knob gag then, Mr. St. John. I went for a stupid uh, modern word like shizzle. I'm yeah. now about to come up with the most popular S words of all time because I think we've all done it. Okay. Sabotage. Ooh. Sabotage. Where does it come from? Sabotage is a French word from yeah. the early 19th century. I mean, obviously, French. Sabotage. Um, but it rose to popularity during the Industrial Revolution, mm. uh, the early 19th century, as textile workers known as Luddites yeah. deliberately broke machinery to resolve labour disputes. Such they, Luddites. They were worried that their jobs were going to be replaced by technology. So what they did was they broke the technology and went, well, now you need man to fix it. Yeah. And they went, it wouldn't have been broken if you hadn't broken it. Ah. I think that might be an <laughs> example syllogism. of syllogism. <laughs> I'm on it now. Yes, I discovered it. Yeah, that. you see? Yay! Yeah. So then, then the idea of sabotage caught on is people feared that their lack of knowledge and skills would catch them out. Yeah. And sabotage grew around Europe. True sabotage done well is where you cannot determine who caused it. Like who spiked the punch. Absolutely. That is proper sabotage. Although I don't encourage it, uh, it is proper sabotage. For example, during World War II, yeah. the FBI uh, investigated nearly 20,000 cases of sabotage. They couldn't solve a single one. Really? I mean, I don't know what that says about the FBI. Is there an example of like the world's greatest sabotage? Is, is, is there like history's greatest sabotage? I'd love to know what the biggest kind of example of that was. Right, well, when I Google world's greatest sabotage, yeah. the Norwegian heavy water sabotage comes up. It was a series of actions undertaken by Norwegian saboteurs during World War II. Ooh. Prime saboteur uh, breeding ground. It was to prevent the German nuclear energy project from acquiring heavy water deuterium oxide, which could have been used by the Nazis to produce nuclear weapons. Did you hear about that um, piece of sabotage the British government did during the Second World War about how to confuse the Germans about their invasion plans? It's got a very long story, Shulk. It's a fascinating story. They basically had to have the Germans find out the secret plans by accident. So they got a corpse, uh, for a local tram that had been found in London, who just happened to be the right age and size and blah, blah, blah. They dressed them up in uh, air, air, uh, an air fighter, a fighter, you know, pilot's yeah. craft, and put the hidden notes in his pocket, dumped them in the sea, and just let him wash up because they knew the currents were... F- yeah. So he washed up on the beach, then Nazis found them, tore his clothes, found the thing, thought the uh, Allies were going to attack one place, so they all put all the resources Clever. there, and then um, they wow. attacked somewhere else. Uh, it's a great story, I wish I had more proper details. Well, we should get on the Google, one of the most important words in history, sabotage. Right, the word I have is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Get in. Wow. Spe- spell Spellcast. Spellcasting. <laughs> S-U-P-E-R-C-A-L-I. F-A-G-I-L-I-S-T-I-C-E-X-P-A... No, I-A-L-I... I'll start again. 
S U P E R. No, it won't. It's this a long po- word. This podcast will be in two parts. <laughs> uh, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. From the Mary Poppins. From Mary Poppins. Yes. It's a word. They, they, thanks to dictionary.com, there is a definition for this word. Okay. It is a nonsense word used by children to express approval or represent the longest word in English. Uh huh. You know, so that was supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Or, what's a long word you know, little Billy? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Unlike that place in Wales, which I can never remember. Planfair, Pilgulio, Biddley, Gilly. I get lost after about the seventh. Yeah, you got a good start. Yeah. Um, what I didn't know, though, is that the Oxford English Dictionary actually takes this word and has used it in the Oxford English Dictionary in its past, and it breaks the word up. And it was first um, described that the roots of the word in 1940 were... Super, above, Cali, beautiful, fragilistic, delicate, expli, ali, to a tone, and docious, educable. Ed- educable? Educable. Well, let's hope it's not educationable, in which case you failed. Look it up, we got the internet, look up educable. Uh, I need to know what the first part of that sentence means. Spellcast. E-D-U-C. Hang on, yeah. Able. What does it say? It is able to be educated. Oh, so, okay. So, so we must have teachers who believe that every child is educable. Yeah. So, so by listening to this podcast, we believe that you are educable. Don't prove us otherwise. The word, as it turned out, did have some basis in reality, or certainly it existed before that musical. Uh, the Sherman brothers who wrote the music to Mary Poppins said that they remember that word being used uh, as a nonsense word in their childhood, yeah. uh, something that they found or heard of elsewhere. It was added to the OED in 1986, mainly because of a joke, though, confirming that Mahatma Gandhi was a super callous, fragile mystic, hexed by halitosis. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it, it, yeah, it, it was used elsewhere it's weird as well because um apparently there was a court case because someone had written a song not too dissimilar to it called supercalifragilistic expialidocious oh, what are the chances and of that a, there was a court case where the, disney were taken by this couple who wrote that version of the song a few yeah. years before you ripped it off but the court case did some research and through the yep. evidence came out that words like supercalifragilistic expialidocious have been used slightly different variations of the word slightly different spellings and how it's been broken up i like the way your eyes move from left to right whenever you say supercalifragilistic expialidocious I've got like the stevie wonder trying to read it in your head <laughs> yeah, and I'll just leave you with this, right? Okay, so in December, in February 2000, Inverness Caledonian Thistle defeated Glasgow Celtic 3 1 in the third round of the Scottish Cup football competition. The result, one of the biggest ever upsets in Scottish football, led to the famous newsline headline uh, in The Sun that read Super Caligo Ballistic Celtic are atrocious. <laughs> love it. Gotta love a newspaper yeah. and their ability to pun on the longest word uh, ever in the history of the English language. There you go. The last one. Right, so that was the supercalifragilistic word. Time for a random game on the dictionary this week. I have for you. Grab your mobiles, get ready for the SMS slam down. Are you okay? Yeah. So here we go. Five text abbreviations. You tell me what okay. they mean, Paul Gannon. Okay. A well known texter. I am. A registered text offender, mm-hmm. as we discussed last week. Number one, STS. STS stands for. It's not a sofa company. It stands for... That I know of. Stasis. As in, wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, that's rubbish. STS, smirk to self. And that one. So, I'll be smirking to myself this oh, evening, okay. STS. Number two, snag. Snag. Yeah. Uh, that is... Uh, that basically is when you come up with a little problem in your plan. A snag. A snag in uh, SMS language is sensitive new age guy. Uh... Okay, so hippie. So you, you would describe yourself possibly as a sensitive uh, or an O snag, an oversensitive new age guy. Well, oversensitive, yeah, yeah. Number three, if you've ever used Grinder, I say if mm. uh, solo mo. 
Solo Mo. Solo Mo. You would describe yourself as Solo Mo if you wanted to get some action on a dating website. Solo Se- Mo. Sexy oral. Likes oral. <laughs> What's the last bit? At Mo. Uh, might oral. <laughs> I, I tell you, know. out of the six, none correct. Not even oral? No. Oh. Solo Mo is social, local, mobile. Oh, I'm outgoing, okay. I live near the corner, and I've got a phone. Isn't it that place in that Beach Boy song as well? Down in Solo Mo. Going loco, Bermuda. on Grinder down in Solo Moco. <laughs> Number four, SSA. SSA. S- sexy, sexy, not even that clever. Ankle. Uh, SSA is just arse backwards. Oh, that's rubbish. Yeah, but the kids use it. Uh, and finally, the last one. Good luck with this. S T P P Y N O Z G T W. S T P P Y N O Z G T W. I don't know. That could be anything. I know um, H A P P Y. <laughs> and Y M C A. Yeah. R E S P C T. Only when I laugh. S T P P Y N O Z G T W. Stop picking your nose. Get to work. Right. Okay. Which actually good. takes longer to type, I think, given the predictive nature. Ridiculous. That was the first ever SMS slam down. And time for the results of this week's word workout. Thirty seconds on your anagram. Yeah. Uh, of an S word, two words to describe a person from a place somewhere around the world. Stun a hooker. Thirty seconds begins now. Oh, I don't know this one. I can't. I can't figure it out. Stun a hooker. Somewhere in the world, you would describe a person as being this thing, or maybe from this place. Okay. If that helps you out, stun a hooker. It's obvious, really. If you look at the letters involved, two O's, as a K. Yeah. You should be getting it. There's an O. Lo- local. An O and a U. Sexy local. And an N. We've done that. S- Five S- seconds. Stun a hooker. S- you have uh, definitely not stunned a hooker no, with your knowledge, but then again, stunt. that's not what they're into. Show no. me your wallet. Stun a hooker, South Korean. That's very specific. I was thinking of more like a general term, well, though. Why would it be general? Because then it would apply to nobody. Because I thought you were talking about someone like, if you're going to say Antipodean, meaning someone from the opposite side of the world from where you live on. Still, you know? term uh, used to South Korean, term used to describe 50 million people who are probably about to go to war with their neighbours. Yeah. It's going to kick off just before the Olympics. Hooray. Uh, we've got more chance of winning, though. Thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> the capital of South Korea is Seoul. The currency is the South Korean won. And South Korea is the 20th most visited country in the world. Mm. They gave us many things, including Samsung, Hyundai, and in 2012, Oppa Gangnam Style. There you go. I can't actually decide which I'd rather live with least. You know, because I do enjoy a bit of Gangnam every now and again. I think it's great. Hey, sexy lady. Thank you. Yeah, so Stunner Hooker, anagram of South Korean. And that will do it for this week's episode of The Fictionary. We're at the end of our S adventure for now. If you like us, come and hang out on Twitter, at Thick Podcast. Find us on the Facebook, or listen to another episode, actually, if you want more. If you think, oh, I could do another couple yeah, of minutes. Uh, iTunes, Audio Boom and Stitcher, where you can leave reviews and maybe win a t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. t-shirt. I would say this week, Paul Gannon, the fictionary has been stylistic. And I consider it quite squanchy. And I would say it has been suck it. S-U-C-K-E-T. Uh, it's a word that now means sweet meats or a dainty morsel, but actually it comes from 1605. And it was a term of affection that was used alongside honey, bun and sweetheart. Ooh. You would call your girlfriend, you'll suck it. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. 
we're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Podomity.com now.